Hey, so here we are back on the Little Bit Out West podcast. And this week, we're going to get a little bit out west for sure. The subject this week is warfare. And when I'm talking about warfare, I'm specifically talking about spiritual warfare. And I don't know if you've been around that kind of a thing. Um, What really got me, got my attention back in the day was there was a lot of this people marching and praying and getting together to to, uh, take down the powers or take down the spiritual strongholds. I saw a lot of this in the Pentecostal churches and the charismatic churches, and there's nothing wrong with the idea. The idea is, I mean, it's there in the Bible. But we also need to back up and see that most of our efforts in this area, Paul says that we do not war after the flesh for our weapons of Our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And he says, We cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. Don't look at things the way they appear on the outside is what Paul says there in Corinthians. And in 1 Timothy, he pretty much tells us how to do actual warfare. And I don't know if you've been around this kind of a thing, uh, but really in a lot of ways, it's like fighting the devil with his own weapons for a lot of people. It, it, it's sort of like magic where we're, we're working on these evil spirits but not from a position of authority. So in 1 Timothy, Paul explains, he says, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks should be made for all men. And pray for your king and all those who are in authority so that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So that is warfare. You're praying your prayers, your intercessions, and your giving of thanks for the people in authority, that's warfare. Trying to get together and have a march down the city street, it probably does something, but in most ways, it's kind of like trying to fight magic with magic. It is a way of getting together, but what happens so many times with people who get into spiritual warfare They really don't understand that they are ripping the veil back of these forces and they don't know what to do. It's sort of like when we talked about when the sons of Sceva tried to cast out the devil and the devil said, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but I don't know you. A lot of times we set ourselves up when we're doing this spiritual warfare in these sort of soulish fleshly kind of ways, we set ourselves up to be attacked. And then when we're attacked, we don't know what to do. In Isaiah chapter 9, he talks about 
warfare, and he says, For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There is a battle going on, and when you start attacking principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness, as it says in the scripture, they're, they're going to fight back. And you have to be ready for that, but you have to be ready for it in a spiritual, scriptural way when that starts to come. And Ephesians 6, this is where Paul talks to us about that, and he says, put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because we're not wrestling against people. We are wrestling against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. So take on to you the whole armor of God that you will be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all of that, then stand. And stand with your loins girt about with truth, with the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith. And with that shield of faith, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And also take the helmet of your salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This is warfare. Getting into these areas where you're trying to do magic or whatever, that's not warfare. Warfare is being ready for the counterattack with your your faith, with your salvation, with the word of God in your hand. And that is what does the war. And so many times we try to do this in our own strength. I heard an illustration. There was this church, and inside this church were a bunch of people, and a dragon came in through the front door. And the preacher in that case grabbed a sword, and all he did was point that sword at the dragon, and the dragon was slain. He didn't have to he didn't have to do anything because the sword did the work. This is our example is that when we're doing warfare, we are doing it with God's armor and God's weapons, and it's not up to us to make it work. This is where people so many times get off track in this area. And they start feeling like they have to do it. They are the one fighting the good warfare. But the battle is the Lord's. Yes, we have a we have a job to do, but our job is very small and it really only consists of resisting the pressure and temptation that comes back on us as a result. And we use the word of God what God said, and what God has done. Those are our weapons. It's not really up to us to make it work. It works all by itself 
without us having to make it work. In 1 Timothy, Paul continues on from what we talked about before, and he says, But you, O man of God, run away from those terrible things and follow righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. So, in summary... Spiritual warfare has become in many ways an avenue for the enemy to confuse things. It has opened a door to excessive spirituality and sometimes it allows the New Age type doctrines to be adopted as truth. Scripture is clear in Timothy that spiritual warfare is done through prayer. It's also clear that our enemy is not people. Spiritual warfare is actually most effective, at least it seems to me, when it's trying to bring peace into the situation. Resting in our relationship and authority is how we defeat those spiritual forces. Struggle was never an attribute of Jesus, and it shouldn't be ours. When we speak the Word of God, we speak with authority as a legal representative of heaven, and we expect God's will to be done. Demonic forces will seek to confuse and inflame by strife and confusion. And this is the main battlefield, to find that place of rest. Our physical strength is useless in the face of demonic forces. And if we seek to defeat Satan with our own willpower we are going to fail. I see our warfare like a soldier who uses a weapon. And that weapon was made by a maker. And it wasn't made by us. So we simply use what has been given to us. And then we trust the maker to ensure the proper effect. The sword, the Bible says, is the word of God. And I can't make the word of God work. It makes itself work. I simply speak God's word and I reach out with God's heart and he does the work in and around me. Sometimes the greatest weapon you can use is the weapon of a kind heart. A smile could be like a plane full of bombs in the realm of spiritual warfare. Rest in your relationship with God and fight the way Jesus fought with love.
or else go get a Bible. same subject one of the things that we have to talk about is the power of what we say the power of the tongue the bible calls it in the book of james in the third chapter he says look we put bits in a horse's mouth and the horse obeys us and we can turn their whole body by just that small tool. And like a ship, even though a ship is huge and it's driven by the wind, yet when you have a rudder, you can turn that whole ship with just that small rudder. And even so, our tongue is a small thing, but it boasts great things. And just look at how much of a gigantic fire that that tongue can start. Our tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. And so is the tongue among our members. That it defiles the whole body. And it sets on fire the course of nature and is itself set on the fire of hell. 
every kind of beast and bird and serpent and thing in the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But the tongue no man can tame. It is unruly evil full of deadly poison. Because if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, do not glory. The wisdom descends not from above, but it is earthly, sensual, devilish. Because where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. The wisdom that comes from God is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, he sort of explains that because he says, We are being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed. We are born again by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Jesus told the parable in the fourth chapter of Mark about the planter who planted the seeds, and we've talked about this many times. And Jesus said that that parable illustrates all the other parables, and he indicates that spiritual law works the same as natural law in the same way that everything begins with a seed and then it grows. Scripture tells us over and over how important the things that we say are. The words we speak, the actions we take, those are all seeds that grow and in the lives of the people that we come into contact with. The key to our victory is not depending on our own ability. We can recognize our own weakness, and when we do, then we are able to touch the ability of God. A small seed can begin to grow, and in a few years, it can destroy the foundation of a home. It breaks up roads. It bends iron. It takes time, but it's an inevitable process. And in exactly the same way, our words, the words of God spoken through our mouth, can accomplish amazing things through patience. Words that are ungodly, words that are destructive, those can harm and destroy lives just as quickly as a physical blow. And we know the harmful, tragic effect verbal abuse has on people, especially on children. In the exact same way, we can bless and help people with positive words and with godly words. And so we have to guard ourselves against giving place to those harmful and destructive things that we say and make a special effort to speak positive, affirming, productive things that build up rather than tear down. And I know you guys know all that. That's, that's pretty basic. But I think that it's important that we add that in when we're talking about warfare. Because when we're fighting sin and the devil, the things that we say are the strongest weapons that we have. That is God's sword coming out of your mouth, defeating the forces of darkness. We're never going to defeat the devil by guns and bullets and bombs. It's going to be by speaking God's word in God's way with God's heart. All right. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here this week. If you have any questions or comments, you know how to get a hold of me. Email's the best because then we can talk back and forth. 
Have a good week. I will see you all next week. Bye-bye.